Hey everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. Your boy Dave Neal, how we doing today? Doing all right? Oh, this is a good one. This was a good episode. I just recorded an episode with Hunter Hill. He's a stand-up comedian. There's just there's different people in this world. I mean, it's so easy when you tap into things like the law of attraction. When there's people you want to talk to, their your intuition's never wrong. It really isn't. This is a good dude. This dude is a nice, he's just like a nice guy. And I've seen him. I followed him on social media. Um, he's done a show of mine in the past. And like, I, I sort of met him always nice to me, but I was like, I've never got, gotten to know Hunter. So this episode, um, I saw him perform a few days ago at a comedy club and I was like, oh, I got to get Hunter on the show. And he didn't disappoint. It was a great chat. We, we just spoke for the last hour and change about our relationships. He just got engaged. Um, just bought a home. He's uh, touring. Uh, he's the feature comic for Eliza Schlesinger, who's an amazing, you know, one of the world's biggest stand-up comedians, really. I mean, she performs all over the world. She just um, recorded her Netflix special, and uh, he gets to travel with her, open for her, pick her brain, and I got to pick his, and oh, that sounds weird. I got to pick his brain. Uh, yeah, I, I really got to just uh, chat with a dude who uh, kind of understands what it's like to do stand-up and try to balance a relationship. I mean, not many comics have the um, pleasure to say that they can do that and uh, not only balance the relationship, but really thrive and um, really happy for him. And uh, it was good to get to uh, chat with him. Uh, follow our social media because I think I'm going to be doing a show with him this week. Um, so you might actually get to see us both perform live. It'd be great. But anyhow, have a listen to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate it and review on your iTunes or your iPhone. Um, when you do that, it helps more strangers get to know us. And the more people that you get to know us, the more we get to invest in the quality of the show. So we appreciate that. Share it with a friend. Here's what you should do. If you're listening, go grab your husband or your uh, cousin or whoever you're next to and hit the subscribe button on their phone. Type in sex actually or the sap, whatever. Type it in onto their phone, hit subscribe, and then we uh, grow. If everyone did that, um, you know, I'll be driving a brand new car, folks. Uh, anyway, Go, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. You're going to enjoy it. Leave a comment on the social media. Let us know what you think at sex actually pod. This episode is actually recorded on our Mevo camera. So you can watch the episode on YouTube. Go to you, go to my YouTube, Dave Neal, check it out. It's on the sex actually podcast, um, playlist. And, uh, yeah, uh, you're going to love what you hear or see. All right, folks, without further ado, my chat with Hunter Hill. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, I saw you at Flappers. I didn't get to say hi, but yeah, dude, fucking crushed, man. Thank you, thank you. That um, was your last show before the big. Yeah, Eliza is. I'm, I'm her feature, um, so we've been all over the place. Um, my fiance and I just bought a house, and I think this last month I've maybe slept in it six times. Well, congratulations. Hey, thanks. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so we'll get this, we'll get it started right now. We're with Hunter Hill. Um, you're my spirit animal. You're, you're like the comic. I'm like, what? You know, you're a good, cause I see, I see you, uh, and I see, you know, you, you just, like you just said, you bought a house, you show up in your, in your Tesla. I'm like, <laughs> this dude's got it. He's this dude. Uh, none of those things are mine. <laughs> All of those things. Uh, my fiance might be your spirit animal. Nothing. She, she just bought a house. She has a Tesla. That's amazing. Uh, and I have. I get to drive it because I lease a Kia and I'm over my mileage allotment. So <laughs> that's what I learned with, with leasing. My girlfriend leases her Prius and, uh, 
you know, we'll have to like go somewhere. And she's like, no, I'm uh, 400 miles overdue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's how they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I'm into June's mileage right now. So <laughs> if, if I cannot drive my Kia for another six months, I'll be good. And that's hard as a comic. We're running around like crazy. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like the, the tour schedule has been, been rigorous enough to where I, I really haven't been driving a whole lot. But then when I'm, also, when I'm not touring, I, I just opened this comedy club in Huntington Beach. So that's that's a commute that I have to. That's something I with. wanted to ask you about, but I wanted I want to I want to get into that. I want to get first because what I love I love chatting with people I don't really know because yeah. I get a chance to like make a friend. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad. This is our sandbox. No, no, no. This is I, our like adult I'm sandbox. Really like, we do it. my podcast. No, no, no like, this is good. And when a guy says no, I'd never forget. Crushed. Just only one has said like actual flat out. Let me check it out, and then he never got back. And I was Whoa. like, oh, that's. <laughs> Oh no! No, no, no. Most, no, most people are very cool. Like yeah. we have, uh, and I like to have people on like returning. Like I like to get to know people, and then I, I feel like it's like when you like chart like a when you like chart a whale's progress through. You know what yeah, I mean? You I'm can like circle back. You can go deeper on the second time because then you have that foundation. Yeah, you know. Like I had my my friend Heather on, and then she got married. And then divorced, and she's Whoa. engaged again. <laughs> That's so much. I've literally charted how her much, life. How much time? Um, not a lot. She's lesbian, and, okay. and she she she's the one who tells me that lesbians jump into things fast. Interesting. I didn't know that. Whereas heterosexual couples, I think men are a little more uh, hesitant because when you what an emotional gauntlet. Yeah. Get married. Get divorced. Get engaged again. It's crazy. Wow. Check out the back episodes, folks. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like, you know, you got to, I mean, I don't know, me, like, I want to get engaged to Tasha, my girlfriend. Um, she's not on the episode for those listening. She's working uh, as us uh, non-workers are hanging out. Uh, Mondays are great for podcasting for yeah. me, by the way. It's just like, <laughs> let's restart the day. You come over right when street sweeping ends. This There's, is very nice. Yeah. So, no, but so um, it's like, I know, I know the second I get down on my knee, I'm going to have to get ready for the wedding. And then I know she doesn't want kids, but I know she will. I know that's going to happen. I, it's it's it, bio, biology. I get it. Yeah. So I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to stall. I'm just like not ready for that part yet. When you saw me at Flappers, did you see the timers joke? I, I yes. Yeah. Yes. So that I mean, what you're talking about is like a huge fear that I had. Just like once you start one thing, all the other things are going to start rolling out. Because you guys are you're engaged. We yeah, we got engaged in. Early December. And you did a big, you did kind of a big... I did a big to-do. Big to-do. Yeah. You have to. I don't talk about it on stage because I feel like every guy in the audience would just be like, I don't like this Yeah, like, fuck. I don't don't like him. My uncle proposed to his now wife on a rock and she doesn't live it down. (laughs) (laughs) He like sat her down on a rock and she doesn't... And I'm I'm kind of of that mentality. Like if I can make this not a Jumbotron moment, that would be nice. It has to be with no one else around. It has to be. Right, yeah. Ours was... Ours was not a jumbotron. <laughs> She's from Seattle. Her dream engagement was like to be walking down a city street in the rain and just to have the guy, whoever the guy was, you know, ask and then have a bunch of her friends waiting at a bar. It doesn't rain in Los Angeles no. ever. Um, so we'd been looking at this house that we wanted to buy and it looked like we were going to close on it. Um, so I called the person who owned the house and I was like, I want to build a rain rig in the front yard of your home. Can I get on your roof and, and do everything before inspections? And You're right. Guys would hate you if they yeah, heard that story. Yeah. I'm so, so glad Tasha's not hearing that right now. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> legitimately made it rain uh, in the front yard of our, At our first At what point home. did she? Did it all click for her? It didn't click right away. At first, I told her that I had a, a show 
that I had to go on. And That's I, a great, I, yeah. I, I told her it was like, it's, it's, it's like a fancier place, so I'm going to like wear a coat. And maybe you should, I don't, I don't want you to stand out, but I want you to come hear the new material. Yeah. And, and it, it worked perfectly. Like she legitimately thought I had a show. Um, and then I was like, oh, let's drive by the house we want to buy. We haven't seen it at nighttime. Let's go. Let's go look at it. Amazing. And we walked down the street. And first, she, she could hear it, but she thought it was just sprinklers. And then once, like, it started, like, actually hitting our bodies, she instantly knew, like, oh, my God. <laughs> she just Dude, I'm going to cry listening to now? that. That's incredible. Yeah. How many people did you, I mean, how did you pull that off? Um, her dad. Originally, I, I called a bunch of rental warehouses that just do production work. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, you guys have rain rigs. Like yeah yeah just come by. Oh, it's so hell, so L A. Yeah, that you, that you even have that option. I, you I do thought, you can do rain right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like yeah yeah just come by. And then I went by and they're like no 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 you need like an EIN number you need insurance you need oh my gosh. a letter of recommendation to work with us and I was like oh well union stuff yeah exactly and then I was like can I just see what it looks like and it looked just like some pipes with sprinklers on it. Um, so I called her dad and her dad met me early the morning of the proposal and we went to Home Depot, spent like 60 bucks on piping and sprinklers and, and went over to the house, installed it all, used duct tape to tape all the pipes black so you couldn't see them at nighttime. And that's incredible. And then, yeah, she said, and then, yes. yeah, <laughs> she said, yeah. yeah, well, that's as funny as that during your set, you, 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 you talked about proposing and then someone in the audience, I think heckled and was like, what yeah. did she say? Yeah. <laughs> what did she say? Yeah. She said, yes, I got the I mean, ideal response. That's that's amazing. Well, congrats. Thank you. How long were you dating before you knew? This is a question I've, I've been asking oh, a lot. A Not to leverage it against my relationship, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when Tasha finds out someone was dating for, say, two years and they got engaged, be like, babe, see? And I'm like, we're getting there, honey. We're getting there. <laughs> that, two years to me would be insane. Just because, like, I, I've loved her forever, but... I, well, let's rewind then. How did you guys meet? We met on Tinder. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, amazing. And and we talked uh, via text and Tinder for like three months. And when when we matched on Tinder, like I was at a weird place in my life. My mom um, essentially was trying to get divorced, but couldn't afford to get divorced, and was relying on like somebody else to pay half the rent. So I had, I was living in Orange County. I sold my car, moved to the Valley, and like started paying half of her rent and waiting tables up there just so she could get out of a bad thing. Okay. Um, so I got really excited because I had matched with this girl that seemed great, but I didn't want to go out on the date because I felt like we're going to have a really good time on the date, but three months from now you're going to resent me because I don't have a car, because I live with my mom, because I'm doing all these things. And, and comedy. And comedy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and girls, and, and unless they see the light at the end of the tunnel. or, or Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, if you can make a girl laugh on stage, at least you show her, like, hey, I've got a skill. But then, then they're like, yeah, but how soon? <laughs> right, right. And even, like, I, I think our second date was, uh, I did Peachy Keen at Bar Lubitsch when that show was around. Okay. And the lineup was something stupid. Like, it, it was, like, Todd Glass, Pete Holmes, Kumail Nanjiani, and... Uh, and Sarah Silverman. Okay. And and she didn't know who any of them were. Amazing. And, and <laughs> so it was like me and then all these That was like that was the first stars. time you met her? That was the first time she saw me oh, do stand up. That's the first time she saw you do stand up. Um, Most guys wouldn't let a girl see them do stand up till the I mean that but that's a good location I guess. It was a good location. It was a good lineup. Like I felt like I'm going to look really cool. Yeah. Um, of course. And how long were you into stand up? Uh maybe like 
two years at that okay. point. So not you, you weren't going to, you know, she wasn't seeing an open mic of, for sure. She was seeing. Yeah. You yeah. had favorable chances to impress her. I had jokes that were dialed in. They're jokes that I'm like embarrassed by now, but like. Yeah, sure. For in that moment, that yeah. was great. Uh, me now would be very embarrassed by what she saw. But, <laughs> and, and it went well. And I was never against her seeing stand up. Like, when you, when you spoke about like two years getting engaged, I feel like for the first year and a half of our relationship, it was me explaining, like, there's this thing called comedy in my life, and it is so important. And if you can't understand that, then this isn't going to work. And, right. and there'd be points where she would like try to give me notes and my body would just like tense up and be like, no, 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 this isn't your thing. This is my thing. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't take her notes? No, at first it was like, you, it, it wouldn't even, and it had nothing to do with her notes. It was just like, this is my world. You don't know anything about this. Sure. Um, and now we've, we've been together a little over four years. And I think around like the three year mark, it when she would start to give me notes, it wouldn't. It wasn't even that, like, of course, I, would, I was able to hear the note, but she had been around comedy so much, so she'd be able to give me great insight. Like, hey, when you say this, you think the audience is hearing this, but what they're really hearing is this. Exactly. And it was kind of just that's a good, that's a good that, life hack. Yeah, know? that's great. Yeah, my, my girlfriend's more binary. Like, oh, yeah. Like, she'll know if it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I don't really invite her to the... I mean, I'm not trying to impress her. Like, right. she's seen sets where, you know, it's at a weed bar, and the audience is like baked right. and, and just not going to have a good set and, and and she whatever she's seen good sets so it's kind of like you know you still want to impress them but at the same time they un- I think they understand that Ashen yeah I mean f- for the most part it, honestly now it's just work it's and it's people are always like is Ashen here is Ashen here it's like no like I, I try to get up like six to ten times a, a week like she, there's no way she's coming all right. and and there's only like so many little chunks of new material that I'm working on at a time so it's it's she she doesn't come all the time. I feel like if it's like an a uh, an important thing for me or like a little a little finish line that I'm crossing that she'll come. Like yeah, I just got to open for Eliza on her Netflix special that comes out in a, a few months. So she surprised me and flew up the morning of. I didn't oh, know really? she was doing that. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into that. So Eliza Schlesinger, uh, she's. For, I mean, a lot of people listening, they're all over the world. They don't, uh, they're not all into comedy. She won Last Comic Standing years ago. Yes. And as, this is her fourth special or third? third this is going to be her fourth this Netflix special. This is her fourth special. Netflix special. You bet. So she's a, she's a beast on stage. She's, she's a killer. And Dude, she's, yeah, she's a beast. She's honestly like, and this, like, it's insane how much I've learned from her. Like, her work ethic is... Insane. Amazing. Insane. A story, I don't know if she'd want people hearing this, but a story I like to tell a lot just to explain the work ethic is like there was a weekend at the Helium in Portland where she had the flu and she was so sick and it would be like the host is on stage and she's just in the bathroom like vomiting, feature on stage, Mm -hmm. just still in the bathroom and and it's just like, ladies and gentlemen, Eliza Schlesinger and she just wipes her mouth, goes out there for an hour like nothing's wrong. Gets off stage, goes right to the bathroom, oh, and then man. does the second show again, where it's the same thing. Jeez. And it's like I've caught out sick from waiting tables, for <laughs> having, like a cough, and and you can somehow 
just the, the muscle discipline that must go yeah, into for being sure. able to shut your body. And she's a, and, and she's a big comic. She's she's big, big energy. She's not up there just yeah. Just, she's she's super physical. She, you are too, by the way. Am I? I haven't seen. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, you're. And this is important because they always say like if if you. I, I heard this that if you have to yell a punchline, it's not funny. Mm-hmm. But. I and I and I'm like fuck. I got a lot of punch signs where it's that yelling. <laughs> but but there's but that's there. You, what you do is you are in such control of your voice with telling the story, drawing people in, and then and then acting the character that's got that emotion. It's really I, I was I mean because I had only had you on. I did we did, we did a show yeah, once we, when we I did, did that, that like fraternity show, show yeah, yeah. which you know whatever. Uh, it was but, fun. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah. I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to get, do more of those, but the, those fraternities are so insulated. Like it's hard. I'm, it is a I, I, hard I, community to tap into. I know, and I love the idea of them, but uh, but I just can't imagine. You know, I, the more I do the improv space at UCLA, the more I'm like, oh, I hate the college students because yeah. <laughs> they're like, dude, fuck yeah, we love stand up, and then they go walk into the room and you go, oh, please leave. Yeah, this is yeah, not please, good. Please, please, please. But uh, <laughs> but so yeah, that wasn't like a place, and that was probably like, geez, three years ago, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, that, that was the only time where I kind of really got a chance to even say hi to you really. But, um, so, so you're opening for Eliza. How long has that been? A couple of years now? Yeah. A couple of years. Um, it started out, I mean, I, I started a show in LA called super secret comedy show, which kind of gave me a, a non-threatening way to talk to a lot of comics that I just looked up to. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes as a comic, it's harder to go up and talk to a comic. You got to offer them a spot. Or, or as just a way like, to just be like, hey, I produce a show. Even if you're like a comic, just, hi, I'm a comic and I really like you, I feel like part of them just kind of clicks off sometimes where it's like, oh, I can't help you. or you, it, They don't know why you're coming up yeah, to talk to them. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like being able to offer them a set on like a, a show that was great was like a really non-threatening way to just right. pick people's brains and perform in front of them and watch them and how they work. Um, and I think I got really like Eliza... Um, I think it like just gotten back from like an adult summer camp where they like take all your phones away and they just like detox you. No way. And she just watched my set one night, um, which is weird because comics don't usually watch other right. comics, especially if you're an established comic. You wouldn't watch the host. Yeah, or if you're like unless a unless it was for player. you, unless you wanted to see like who's in the audience and right. have something to work off of. But yeah, but for that's the like most an old part, school way of of doing it, where you would respect the other comic by watching them. Yeah. That's like what you only hear old time or headliners talk about. Like, no, you respect the lineup. And it's yeah. like, here we're like, no, we get out of the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it wasn't expected. Um, and and she, I just got off stage and she said, you said this one thing that was really great. And I, I was just like, wow, uh, nobody is actually in the room. Usually they're just backstage. Was this at the Lyric? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and just from that one little door that opened, I, you know, I, if if people were doing sets of like the San Francisco punchline or the Sacramento punchline, I would just lie and say like, "Hey, I'm already going to be up there. Um, can can I do a guest spot? You know?" And, mm-hmm. and I would drive up there and not get paid and put myself up and sure. do the five minutes. But it was just, uh, I think I the thing that I learned very quickly was that time that you can spend with comics outside of LA is much more impactful than like at a comedy club. Because like if I'm at the comedy store. And it could be anyone. You know, Neil everyone's Brennan, got their head looking Justin. over the shoulder yeah, for the next ev- person. Everyone's trying to it's talk hard to not somebody. To. Yeah. And, and it's just its own little ecosystem where, you know, 
there's some people I know really well, but like if we're at the comedy store, it's like maybe I'll get a nod, right? You know? um, yeah. So just to start being the only comic, you know, we'd go to Sacramento and they'd have an, a host and a feature there, but it would be like I would be the the one comic from LA. So it, it kind of just felt. This is a weird tangent. I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> um, this is before you were opening for you're saying. Yeah, like I that. It just off, felt yeah I because would just drive up and and do the guest set until it was like oh this guy's not a creep and he's funnier than the hosts that the clubs are putting up. You're just basically yeah, footing the cost to audition on stage. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. doing that at Madhouse. I, I've I've already played there years ago, but there's new owner since or management and so they're like are right, you come down and do a guest spot and it's like okay fine. yeah sure sure i'll come down it's not yeah. a paid spot but i'll do my 10 minutes and yeah hopefully you'll like that and then you'll you know whatever but yeah that's the way that's the way it works yeah i just pretty much invested in myself um but then to have a comic vouch for you it's almost like when you mentioned the the rain gig you need a union recommendation right. you need a, a headliner recommendation to be like book this guy right book this oh okay eliza says book this guy yeah okay absolutely because they don't know the difference between you and the 50 uh, emails a day or more that they get yeah and i mean so much of it has to do with how many tickets you can move you know it's been amazing to me like there's comics that I love who I think are so funny, but they don't sell that many tickets, so they just don't get booked that much. Where where there's comics who, like there's YouTube comics, who j- I don't think are funny at all, but they, but they sell out arenas. And well, when, when there's so many comics that, I don't want to call them lazy, but we have this we have this tendency to be like, well, I work on my stage time, and, and then the business side of things, we just let go. And I saw a comic today post that they were, they were quitting their podcast because they, they didn't have the time or resources to do it. And I'm not going to judge them. I don't, I've never seen a podcast, but I, but I was like, I can't afford not to do the podcast. That's my lifeline to 10,000 people a month. Yeah. Hopefully more. Subscribe, rate, and review. <laughs> but like that's, and hopefully that 10,000 becomes 150,000 and then 2 million because those are the, those are the people that are going to be like, hey, oh, Dave's in Indy. Bring my six friends. And, and that's how you bit, kind of get that fire going. Absolutely. You have to build your audience. I was talking to Jay Larson and Ryan Sickler. They have a podcast called The Crab Feast. Okay. I think they have, they've been doing it forever. I think six years they've been doing it. And they do it every Tuesday and they've never missed a single Tuesday. Yeah. And just the discipline and the work that goes into to doing that. Especially like, I, I would love to start a podcast and I, I'm so glad you have one. But uh, it just like as life evolves, like these guys have kids now and a family and they still do it every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But that is their lifeline. The, I mean, they have 350,000 listeners or, or more than wow. that a month now. And, That's amazing. And it's, it's just, you, you have to keep at it. People say stuff like that a lot. And, it, and it, what, really what they're saying is this isn't something that I love enough or I don't have the chemical imbalance that is necessary to make this dream work. Sure. So I'm going to go over here and do something sure. else. Yeah, and they could maybe, you know, who knows what the what the the medium is, but yeah, it's it's and you got you got to be able to survive on stage, but also like you said, fill get people to show up. And, you know, in in LA, that that stage time isn't always at a comedy club. You know, it's like I don't I have no problem. I live near that Karma Lounge. I've no problem yeah. going over there. I do the last set I try to do the last set on the open mic. I think it's on Wednesdays because it's right before the burlesque show. So everyone who's there for the burlesque show has to watch me there first. And that's my thing. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm getting that's an audience. Yeah, that's an audience. It's if it's, I, you know, three people, I think is my minimum. <laughs> that I, two is fine. But that's a great when, exercise, when, when you were you know? doing, when you guys are doing the flappers main room, I don't know, 250, 300 people. It's a big uh, room. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what that, uh, 
I guess it's a 250, I, I, I would think. I was in the Yuhu room for four people. I've done that room. So we could hear... Uh, your... There are literal crickets that live in that room. <laughs> I've, I've done that We room. could hear your audience. Oh, no. Cr- no, no, no. But, <laughs> but with those four people, it was still productive. I went back two nights later, Thursday night, and they had to turn people away in that room. And it was probably one of the best sets I've had, or most fun sets I've ever had, because it was completely packed, tiny room. So it's just, you know, that's the ego kind of like needing that... that packed room but when when you break it down you realize all right i can get a workout when there's two couples in here waiting for the burlesque show i can see if they're gonna look up from their phone and yeah. notice me it, and like la is the best ego check you could ever put yourself like i've been featuring i think i've been traveling with eliza for a, a couple years now do you um, keep track of how many shows i or don't roughly i i i just made her a a birthday present slash end of tour present um and I counted approximately how many people she made laugh on the last tour. Her, her last special, not the one that's coming out, but the last one's called Confirm Kills. So mm-hmm. we've been on the Confirm Kills tour for right. about a, a year and a half. And um, so I got her this bomber jacket made. She hasn't got it yet. But um, has her name, like one of those Velcro patches. And then there's a tally mark down the sleeve for every thousand people she made laugh. Jeez. There's just like 47 tally marks just running Jeez. down the line. Uh, so that that's something I kept track of. But we, we'll go out and do these, like, she works so hard, and she uh, she also just meets with all of her fans, like, after every every show. Yeah, it's amazing. You see her fans will, will bring, like, posters and gifts, and this. it's like, that's they, how you know you've got currency. They bring gifts. They make their own merch. You know, they, they her fans, like, know me. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. How does, how, how has that worked for you? Like, um, as far as, because you, you, you're, uh, I would say the only similarity I know of you guys is that you're both, uh, like high energy kind of like you, you're, you, you could really kill a big room. How would you, how would you say that you, you said you've learned a lot from her? What, what exactly has run off? Just the work that it takes. I mean, what inspires me is like, like with this new special that's going to come out in a few months, there's these little moments, uh, that her and I have lived through that are now these huge jokes. Like she has, we did the Venetian in Vegas, uh, about a year and a half ago. And she has now 30 minutes worth of material from that trip to Vegas. So it's just seeing the way club material girls in the club. Yeah. 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 yeah, And the pools and all that, like literally like that was less than 48 hours in Vegas, but now she has 30 minutes worth of material. There's a, a new joke she has coming out about seeing a baby in an airport. And then, like, I, I know we were at the Burbank airport. We were going to Tempe. And then in Tempe, she saw a guy in embroidered jeans. And now there's an embroidered jeans joke. So it's just, like, all these little observations that turn into these, like, brilliant, uh, well-structured jokes. And just the the work ethic. Like, I think there's, like, a stigma and a, a lot of people that think stand-up comedy is just, like, this big party and, like, drugs and alcohol and, and party, party, party. But just like traveling. We miss that generation. <laughs> yeah, no, We're all just neurotic. It's like hot tea, blueberries and, and water. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's it. And it's, it's just repetition and repetition. And I mean, so you've got, so what's, what's the dynamic like if like, I'll, I'll, just, I'll use myself as an example. If I were to, um, I, I, we just, I just auditioned for something with my girl. We both auditioned separately, my girlfriend and I, and it's shot in Mexico. Oh. Neither one of us got it. But last year, we got a thing together in Mexico, so we got That's to go to cool. Mexico together. But if I got that role in Mexico and she didn't, no way. 
Like, would she? I mean, she would have been happy for me. Right. Cause I don't want to throw her under the bus, but she would be like, "The fuck, I want to go to Mexico." Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's almost become. Which sounds kind of weird saying it, but like two young siblings <laughs> fighting over who gets uh, the remote control, and and uh, until so your girlfriend's got to deal with the fact that you get to go to the Venetian or or travel all over the country, but you're doing your job. Yeah. And that's your dream. But like, how do you how do you um, massage the relationship to keep your 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 fiance happy while you're on the road um there's a few things one let her come on the road and see how much it's not a vacation you know it's it's waking up at five in the morning to go do morning radio and running home to take a nap before you have to be at the club for for a tech run through or sound check and then and then you're at the venue until one in the morning and then you know sometimes you'll be in a different market or city the next day where you have to be there at their radio station so it's you know, and when we're, when we're doing fun things like the Venetian, like, of course, Ashton came with me to the Venetian oh, and we did Vegas together. She had friends fly in. Oh, nice. There's, there's definitely weekends where it's fun. Um, but I, I think the best way to do it is just to include them. So, I mean, you and, you and your girlfriend, like, you guys are both in the same line of work. So, like, you, you guys kind of understand what, what, right. what's required and, and what, uh, what's taken from you and what's expected. She, you know, comes from Seattle, so she's much more like just everyone in most parts of the country. People grow up, they go to college, they get a nine-to-five job, they work in a corporate structure, and that's where you find your stability. And then we kind of live in this like fairy tale land where it's like everyone's an Uber driver, everyone's really trying to do this, and and because there's no like set like how to do this, it kind of seems unrealistic, and people just assume that it's like. A fun thing. I get, I, I get this a lot. Must be nice. Yeah. Even uh, my sister. I always, wait, I, you just wake up? Yeah, it's like 8, 8 a.m. Which is, by the way, the latest I'll ever sleep right. in. I'm up <laughs> yeah. at 7 every day making my girlfriend coffee, getting ready to go. But but my, my, my sister's got just had her fourth baby, and she's like, oh, must be nice. I'm like, no. Like, yeah. no, I, I'll, I'll be up till midnight or 2 or whatever, just tweaking things. I spent the morning updating a thumbnail for a YouTube video because we just unboxed the sex toys. Nice. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Hey honey, do you, do you, I like had to crop a dildo and I was like, do you, does this look too big? Cause I like, zoomed in. she's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, no, this, I'm not, I don't enjoy. This is what I want to be. I doing. just want people to click this <laughs> yeah. so that they come to a show so I can buy you the ring. So we yeah, <laughs> like, but you know, it's, I guess that you, you it's, you know, got to stay positive. And I, I hate to be the guy at the comedy club being like, oh, you know, kicking, kicking dirt and being all upset. Like, you have, you're, we're there to make the audience happy, or at least that's a good byproduct. Yeah. But I it's mean, work. And there's a lot under that, that iceberg, you know, there's a lot going on under the surface that, you know, the girlfriends and fiancés have to become aware of. There's so much work. Uh, even if you, I mean, just even if you ignore the work that actually goes into writing a joke and how many times you have to tell that thing until it becomes funny and just like how to sculpt an idea. Still just like the going to the airport, getting on an airplane, getting off the airplane, going to a hotel, like it's exhausting. And then, you know, doing your, your set, which can be physically and emotionally exhausting. And then meeting everyone after the show, which is awesome, but also still like emotionally draining. And And that's where you don't want the girlfriend near Right, she's, because she's fine with it. Oh, she's cool with just yeah, letting yeah. you. Be, no, I'm, I'm only saying that because uh, when I have when if if I have like a show at like a wine bar on a Friday night, I'm like, hey Tasha, you should come to the show. We'll get a drink after. It'll right, be, it's not exactly date night. It's not exactly quality time, but it's a little bit of both. And then yeah. and, and 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 by the way, I've totally 
blown that where I thought I was doing the right thing. And she's like, babe, I, I'm not, you know, following you around. I was like, no, I just had two different spots and we got to hang. And she's like, Mm-mm. but it's still, I totally do the same thing. And it's like, uh, it's us being selfish and, and wanting to do the thing that we love with the person we love. Right. But then That's I exactly think what it is for her. It feels like I'm not just here to follow you around and be like a, a, a consolation prize. You know, like they, they want to be on the forefront of your mind and yeah. not, not, they want to be the A team, not the B team. Yeah. And, and yes, well, I had a, I had a show at um, in Bre- uh, the Bray Improv, I think. Yeah, it was years ago. And it was after, right after the show. And I was like, let's just hang for a minute. And what I, what I really wanted, which sounds so pathetic, was for the audience to be like, hey, good set, Dave. Hey, wh- what do you, where can we find you? Yeah. That type of thing you kind of do. You kind of be the mayor right after the yeah. set. And you, make, you just say hi to people and you forget they exist. And she, uh, she didn't, I didn't kind of explain that. I was like, no, just hang. Let's be. And. And it, and, it, and, it, and it turned into this fight because I got resentful that she wanted to go home, but she didn't want to be in Brea. When, she's like, the show's over. Let's right. go. And I'm dealing with, she's an introvert. I would consider myself an extrovert, but I also love my alone. Like, at, once, you, once we're done with this today, yeah. we're going on a hike. <laughs> I'm going to stare at people, but I'm not going to talk to them. Right. I'm just going to walk around yeah. and think about things in my head. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, like I've, I've had to learn how, that she's, yeah, she doesn't love the, the riding sidekick to me if if she thinks i'm only dragging her around so i've had to no so so now we're i mean years in where i can be like this is a show oh, you got to come to the show it's at a it's at a it's a backyard house party show it'll be fun and then she gets to laugh and have fun and it, it does become fun i've learned what which shows are those versus which are me working because it's like i would have much preferred to do the brea show by myself talk to the people after and done my job and come home and unwind on the ride and all that but yeah i've had to learn that I guess I just feel guilty if I'm out doing shows and she's at home, but she's probably sleeping. Like she, she's actually like loves her alone time. She's like, you know, watch it, you know, she'll just hang out, whatever. But I'm the one who feels guilty that I'm not there for her on a night. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I, I 100% know what you're, know what you're talking about. I, I think setting an expectation because, because honestly, the the hanging back and shaking hands after a show is just as important. That's just a that's the job, just as much as telling jokes. You know. Yeah. Um, Kevin Hart like doesn't sell out stadiums just because he's funny. He sells out stadiums because when he was just starting out, like he built his own email list before anyone was thinking about that. Right. You know, and he would just stay after every show and collect emails and collect emails. So that way, when he went back, he had like people to reach out to. Um, and I, I, I totally understand like the feeling selfish, but the, the truth is, I mean, you, you and your, your lady have been together long enough. She knows that this is what you want to do with your life and that this is part of it. You are working and it, yeah, having to work sucks. And that's, that's part of a relationship. It's like a video game. We unlock, we solve an issue and then we unlock the next one. And I don't mean to say this like every day is crisis mode, yeah. but when I solve that Bray issue, that's not going to happen again. That's right. just not going to happen. I'm not dumb. Like I, I'm we're like, men. we're dumb with, we, we just assume the girl wants what we want and, and everything. And that's like the five love languages I always talk about is how like we, well, I know yeah, how Ash, I want to be Ash loved. Loves those five languages. Yeah. 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 Like I know how I want to be loved, but boy, is it not how she needs to be loved mm-hmm. i am not a quality time guy i'm a i did a set i got i had a good show i can come home now and 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 tell my girlfriend hey things went well and i'm in a good mood i'm not like a let's spend the weekend together let's go you know really yeah I, i'm a little bit of both i mean like like again like getting back to the the setting the expectation thing like ashen came with me on a run of shows we did new york uh D.C., Baltimore, Pittsburgh. 
And and I think she was very excited, like, oh, we're going on tour. This is going to be a thing. Yeah. So, you know, we'd have to drive from D.C. to Baltimore for the show, which isn't that long of a drive. But then on the drive, she's like, all right, tonight I want to go to, like, a, a restaurant with a view. Uh, <laughs> we got to do crab cakes. That's, like, a great Baltimore thing. And yeah. I was like, hon, I want to do all that stuff with you, but we're not going to do any of it. Like, like we're the thing that Baltimore's doing tonight. You know, we're, we're going to get done with work and everything's going to be shut down. Yeah. We're not going to be having time. So just, like... And now she just understands, you know. But like, you have, you could do, you could sneak in a morning or there's, yeah, you just have to work around the fact that yeah. it's, a, it's, I was like, what stand up is, it's like you're there to make other, you know, other date nights happen. Absolutely. All, and especially with your audience, where Eliza's audience is, you know, that's, or I think, like, that's, that's what I, I lo- my favorite audiences are the ones that are, Dudes that you know trying to please their new girlfriend, mm-hmm. they're hanging out with you. Or I mean, I care. I don't care what their relationship status is, but like I can really, I can really pick apart and be with that audience and feel really comfortable with them. But at the same time, we're alone on stage, and I mean, I'm not trying to. I would love my like. I would, I, I would love the quality time where my girlfriend can come on tour with me. I would love that. I'm not saying like I, I'm like need to be traveling alone, but, but I guess I get. I, I guess this, this is true. The, the amount of quality time she needs is more than me. So by fulfilling her quality time, I'm not bottlenecking myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I just naturally get it. Like we, 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 we've learned how to at least once a week, have a good day where we kind of, you know, just really chill out, do our stuff, ha- you know, go to a, whatever friend's birthday, this or that, you know, does she let you know beforehand? Uh, I think you, yeah, I don't want to, I want, I don't want to burn your jokes, but you had such a good joke about how the woman does. I, I, I'll paraphrase. It's, it was your, I think your, your fuse joke. Yeah. Yeah. Women, they don't really give you much of a notice sometimes when they don't, when they're, when that well is dry. When I'm trying, like if I'm coming home from a run of shows in like a town, like I'll always make the phone call and be like, hun, what is your expectation for the day like because i'm coming home i'm tired i'm on empty but like she might be like we're going to a farmer's market where you know like all this stuff it's so cliche and so true yeah it's and it's just like i want to if that's what she's expecting i want a heads up a little bit of a runway so i can just mentally (laughs) get ready to be whatever she needs me to be and i'll do lots of things like man like the past few months have been like impossible for us we we got engaged shortly after that. We survived a natural disaster. And were you were you up by the fires? We were in Montecito during the mudslides. Is that north? That's north. Yeah, uh, by Santa Barbara. We were no literally way. helicoptered out by the army. Seriously? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. We've been like going to trauma therapy. It it's a whole thing. Um, and then we moved into our our first house while I've been touring. So like I was in Nashville for six shows. And the my grass mom, must be nice there after the rainfall that you you gave it. You give it the nice... Oh, in the front yard? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got at least a couple of weeks where the grass is nice. <laughs> I thought you were like making an insensitive mudslide joke for a oh, little no. bit. Oh, <laughs> like, no. What? That's my forte, insensitive no, yeah, mudslide. Yeah. No, 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 our no. front yard is, is it's great. But um, everything's, okay, everything's okay with for the mudslide? Uh, with yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, not not at, like grand scheme of things, a lot of people's lives were... were uh, Did you post destroyed. a video about it? Did I see that? Uh, uh, a few you of them. I posted some videos where like... Yeah, you just never think when, when I'm from, you know, I'm from the East Coast. Yeah. No, no mudslides, no fires, yeah. none, of, none of that shit. So you don't think of like how just how it could literally sweep away homes. I mean, a mudslide sounds like a fake thing. It doesn't sound like something that would happen in America, which yeah. is horrible because, of course, these things can happen anywhere. But it's just like 
when you when I picture the word mudslide in a headline, it's like a country I haven't yeah, heard. Yeah, some Bangladesh um, right. issue. Right, which is not to belittle it or anything. It's just not something that I associate with, with close to home. Um, so, yeah, we, we were okay. Our at Where Ashen and I were sleeping was 100 feet away from the mudslide. So like, Which would uh, have swept you away. Yeah, so we would yeah. have been the next structure to go. And, and half of the, I think like uh, 27 people died. Oh, my gosh. And 150 homes were destroyed. And, um, and, and was it just like a loud, just a crazy, oh, like was, right when it hit, do you even know was, what was uh, happening? Yeah, it was a lot. We, it felt, the noise, because it triggers me every time I land now, but like when an airplane hits a runway and it starts breaking and just that roar of inertia Sure. Uh, that's what it sounded like. And there's also a gas line explosion behind our house. Uh, it, you know, it was a whole thing that we, we lived through. So we, we went through that, and, and then we got our house, which we're so excited because after, you know, after the mudslide, we, we were homeless, essentially, because even though our house was okay, all the roads, bridges, right. and everything they wouldn't let you around back it. We couldn't. I don't think her Were parents you, are still back in the oh, house. Oh, that yet. was that was her parents. Yeah, lived we were visiting in her parents. Gotcha, Montecito. Um, that's that's where like the Oprah. Yeah, that's, Oprah. Yeah, they all super super affluent neighborhood. Um, and uh, I think we got in in general, we got pretty lucky because there was a mandatory evacuation that we ignored. Um, As you do. Yeah. Every hurricane I've heard of in New England. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Well, duct tape the windows. Mudslide. Okay. Yeah. Um, We ignored it, but uh, I I think the death count, I mean, with 150 homes just gone, I mean, if if, if they were, if this, if this didn't happen in an affluent neighborhood where like people's vacation homes are and where. In people living 10 people in a two bedroom or just. Right. Like, I mean, just like square footage. If. If this, if you like took this blueprint uh, uh, or like s- mapped out like what the mudslide affected and like dropped it into like any other neighborhood, hundreds of thousands, yeah, yeah, yeah it just building structures, been, like, yeah, everything gone. Um, so we're very lucky in that sense. Um, and then we moved into our house, and I was gone the whole time. So it, it was just a lot for both of us to go through, like almost die, and like, and then you're grappling with like, why am I? That's still something here? that you say when you say almost die. It's almost it's almost sounds dramatic, but it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, all right, we get it. You almost said, no, no, no. You, yeah, like that's wild. <laughs> I mean, it really does put into perspective. Like, what are what are the little things? What matters? Who's by your side? Like, I'll get in I'll get in stupid fights with my girlfriend, and then all of a sudden, and then I'll just have this kind of like epiphany of like, oh, none of this matters. I love her. Like, none of this stupid shit matters. We, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not oh. going to be the guy who doesn't say I love you and then gets in an accident because we live in this, this city's, this city's waiting to kill, this ready to oh, kill people. Ab- I mean, I see, I see accidents and crazy shit and it's just a, we, and I haven't even been here for like a big earthquake, but you just right. see, yeah, it's, so it's like, it's about, it's about cherishing those that have decided to like be a part of your life. Cause it's a decision we make, you know, I mean, we made it out with a backpack, a piece. So like for three wow. weeks I was living out of a backpack and I needed, honestly, I needed, after living through everything, I needed nothing else. There, it wasn't like, man, I wish I had this, man, I wish I had that. It was like, this is my backpack. These are my two pair of jeans. These are my three shirts. Wow. I'm stoked. Um, and it, it and people, uh, there's just no way to, for people to understand or to comprehend, um, what what people like the question we got a lot was like oh my god is your house okay it wasn't like oh my god are you guys okay it was like oh is your house okay so it's just like where we put 
value is very important. And it's not like I'm expecting anything more from people. Unless you've been through something like that, it really doesn't... Sure. It doesn't I, come I, close. I, I mean, can't fully understand, like, PTSD, but my father had it. He passed away. He was Vietnam fit. Mm. So, like, and, and I've met people that have been really affected by different things. I was in an accident and had just, just for a few weeks, like, I had a dude who tried to... I was at the, the improv, and I just got on a really bad accident. I got sideswiped from the left. Oh. And, um, yeah, and I'm fine, whatever. I mean, I have neck problems, you know, if my lawyer's listening. I do. But, you know, it's it's been 28 months. So Isn't it I'm, funny I'm, that we, we, we don't want to feel bad for ourselves or, uh, right. or or let people know that, like, we're and I just did a And I just did a four-hour deposition where I explained everything that's wrong with my body. I mean, I'm but, fine. I'm going to be fine. But my, my neck will never be the same. But yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, like, I'm, you, you know, I can't, like, look like this right. to, for more than three minutes where I, like, lock up. But I'm fine. But in that moment, <laughs> I'm not trying to make this, like, my thing is, like, no. Mudslide, no, but in that moment, um, one who's the I can't remember the Jeff Carasales has like a he's a comic who's got like a big Harley Davidson, and I was like I was like high five and a buddy, <laughs> like doing that like bro kind of handshake yeah. hug thing, and he turned his motorcycle on outside the improv, and I was like. Ah! I yeah. just jumped and I was like, oh, I'm fucked up. Yeah. And, I was, and it was kind of just like, I was jumping for a little bit. We you knew a car, car would come to the left, you know. But it's your body just like imprinted this adrenaline into your like memories. Mm-hmm. And that's what, the, that's what it is. And, 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 it, and it's going to be the physical effects of landing an airplane and the little things. And I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad things. You, you know that, that you're a little fucked up about it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of people don't. They go, ah, oh, they, they internalize and they beat themselves down. He goes, no, share your issue with some, some like, professionals. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking to professionals about it. And, and also, like, my, a huge part of my job is just talking to people. So, I mean, it's a horrible thing. And I don't think there's a lot of, f- there's nothing funny about it. But I'm trying to find funny ways to talk about it just so... Because when I get up on stage and I'm not talking about it, it just kind of seems disingenuous. And you have the right to. Hey, guys, here's this big secret you guys don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, that's, I mean, you have the right to, to to share your story. And, and, you know, and it's weird weird how, like, you know, you can share your story and someone be like, yeah, but you didn't serve four years in Iraq. And it's like, well, everyone's got their own thing. Yeah. And not that, not that, like, that's maybe a bad example, but people are always trying to, you know, one up each other. Online, it's like, yeah, and you're gonna and on, st- on stage and stand up, you kind of like the core thing you're doing is complaining, like in one way or another, you're complaining about something. I I don't know about you, but I always try to make myself the sort of, not, not I would say the victim, but the guy who gets shit on in the story, <laughs> like you know, because you you're, you got to like punch down, and you you've done jokes where like you talk about your size, you're you're a big yeah. guy, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like that's how you get the audience to be like, oh, we like him, yeah, yeah, and that's something that as a as a dude on stage, you have to dance around because you're a good looking guy, you know, Stop like, it. no, you're a good looking guy. You're the, uh, you. you got the Vince Vaughn hug. Of, how tall are you? Six, four. I hit on people at 43 minutes. That's when I get into the hitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you're, you know, it's, you have to, you have to frame the, the stories in a way where people know that you're the victim without, without overly, I get, you know, you need to be sincere. You yeah. know, I think, uh, audiences are such a weird thing. Uh, I talked to Moshe Kesher about it once, but he said audiences, it's almost like watching like a herd of wild gazelle run in an open field because they're not verbally communicating with each other in any way, but in an instant you'll see them all turn right or all turn left. And it's just audiences can be the same way where they're with you and all of a sudden they're not. And I think when they decide to turn, it's often because something just comes across as disingenuous or not sincere or, right. or a lie and they, they can tell. And just in the the second you lie to them, sometimes it just click off. Like, oh, this is all fake. 
this is just a show. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what's hard to me with doing jokes that you might have already polished up, but you still have to do them. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of times we want to build new jokes and this and that, but sometimes you got to do these old faithfuls if you're doing them in front of a certain crowd where you're, you know, so, you know, yeah. and, and you have to, in the hardest part, when I, when I watch comics, I was opening, uh, when I moved to LA, I was opening for Craig Shoemaker. He's like a 30 year vet. Yeah. He's done it forever. And he's got jokes that are probably several decades old mm-hmm. and he makes them, and, and it makes the audience feel like they're the first ones hearing it. And there's something about this just happened to me that makes, I think, that sells, like, the joke versus someone who's just, like, I don't know, you know, just just reading the lines, I guess. You yeah. know, I don't know. It's like... Just it's going like, through the motions. Yeah, and that's something I learned more in L.A. is, like, L.A. is kind of so actor-centric that you really do see people perform the shit out of their jokes out here. Mm-hmm. Not to say that New York doesn't, but I, I didn't... I wasn't that far along in New York when I was doing stand-up where you'd really see people perform these jokes to the point where they're got it so solid and it's so fresh. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't spent much time... I've, I mean, I've, I've only... I just went to New York for the first time this year for like a week. And, oh, really? And did like three shows. Did so, you like New York or no? Um, I, th- I thought it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I love the people of New York, yeah. but but as as a city, I, I think it's mostly buildings. Yeah. You know, uh, I would go out there and I would love to spend weeks and weeks and weeks with the people that I know and love in New York. You would, yeah. It's but a, it's I got a great very tired quickly of like okay, this is Times Square. I yeah. Was like, oh, there's a Statue of Liberty, huh? Do you want to go on a tour of it? And I was just like, no. I, that, I always tell it. people that, that's no, we got it. That's yeah. it. I'll, I, had a, I had a textbook. Yeah. I know what it looks like. I um, I always tell people it's you know if people visited Times Square, I'm sorry if people visit New York, I don't expect them to like it. But if yeah. you live there, you go. It's the greatest city in the world. The energy is like undeniable. So yeah. I, I I picked up on that right away. But I think because it was my first time there, yeah, Ashton was put pushing me like we we got to go to Central Park, <laughs> we gotta go to Times Square, we got to you know. World Trade Center. Women, women love, and it's not so hacky, but women love this, but there's so many things in society right now, you're not allowed to say men and women are different, this and that. So I don't care if it's, this might come off like a blanket statement, but my girlfriend and, and most that I've dated, they love the, and it's such a cliche, like the agenda to have this to-do list of what they want to get out. And I, I enjoy that my girlfriend likes to, to know all these things. Like we went traveling, we were in Colombia over the summer and I'm one of those, let's see what's down that alley. Yeah. Not in a sketchy way, but like, let's go. And she's like, no, no, no. We're yeah. going to know where we're going to be after breakfast. Like, <laughs> right. We're going to, I'm like, all right, cool. And then, you know, I, you know, we, I put my two cents in, we do the hike. There's a mango beer at the top, whatever. Like, right. It's like, she's uh, the structure. I don't know if, I don't want to say it's a control thing, but there's something to her that really likes knowing um you know what the framework is and i don't know if comedy has the framework so she has to deal with she has to deal with wanting control in a world where i don't necessarily have control yeah and that's kind of tough to not only do i have to release control but she has to kind of release control that i have no control there's i think there's things that you can do and it can just be little things you know even if it's just like here four nights of the week that i'm gonna concentrate all my sets onto you know and and that way you guys can have the other three like when ash and i first dated uh about a year into us dating you know i'd be gone every night and it was like this isn't fair to me she she runs a a spin studio oh nice so when we were starting out dating it's like she's getting up for work at 6 a.m and i'm coming home from work at like 2 or 3 a.m right so it really was about like 
I mean, living together it certainly helps because you guys. It does help. You get we, to come we, home we to live each together. Other, you get to wake up to each other. into our relationship. Yeah, us too. And it and it just it makes it makes it so three quarters of your conversations aren't. When am I going to see you again? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and financially, it's nice too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but there, there's little ways to, I think, break things up. So at what point did she talk to you? Like, was she like, oh, geez, I'm not getting the, the quality time I need. Or how did that conversation happen where you went from all seven nights to, to fi- finding out, you're right, I need to breathe more life into this? It was not an easy conversation because, again, like the first year and a half was like, this is comedy. Like, don't come between me and this. And this you- is an unrealistic dream that I have. And... My parents have told me it's not going to work out. I, I'm not looking really? to get another person into my life where it's like... Well, statistically... My, my parents never said it wasn't going to work out, but it was just like, you should do it, but maybe like have, you know, maybe go take some classes and go to college and, you know, yeah. have, have these other avenues available for if this doesn't work out. We hear a lot of projection from older comedians that, that have been divorced and they say good luck, you know, like, it's just, you know, what do you, good luck, you, you know, you got a year, like, Kirk Fox, uh, uh, I met him, and, he, and I love, I love him, he's cool, but he was like, dude, you, <laughs> this ain't gonna work for you, <laughs> the relationship, not the stand-up, right. he was like, I see you're gonna stick to the stand, it's not gonna work, relationship, and it's been three years since, and I'm like, uh, but I'm not trying to prove people wrong, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to not be so selfish that all I care about is my stand-up, because at the end of the day, I don't want to look back and, and be like, really, all I had to do is pump the brakes a little bit, enjoy a little bit of my life, mm-hmm. and try to balance it together i mean it's really like what's what's important like i love comedy so much but also like what good is that if you don't have anyone to share it with you know right i mean i i didn't want to have that conversation but when you lay it all down on paper so to speak it's like yeah that that's not a relationship that's us sleeping next to each other right and men men will i mean a lot of times we'll 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 be out pursuing the passion the creative passion the dream and not, and we, we, we really need a strong woman to tell us like, okay, I'm happy you're doing that. And I know that's number one, but I'm not number two. I'm just so, like, I got to be on the side. So it's not, not like, like parallel to that. Yeah. And it doesn't always mean minute for minute. You do this, you do that. But it means like, you know, I look at it like kind of every week. Like, did I, did we do enough this week? I mean, even I'll break it down to the day. Like, you know, even if all I have is a phone call between point A and point B, that's better than let her thinking I'm not thinking of her. Yeah, and, and also there's like a relationship will get to a certain point where it becomes your greatest motivator. Like, f- for me now, like, I think I'm doing fine. Like, I, uh, I... Like I get to pay a mortgage with with money I made from jokes this month, which is an insane thing. Yeah, it's amazing. That I'll probably cry about later. But also, it's like, okay, you have a fiance, you have a mortgage, you have all these things that you you have all these responsibilities, and you have decided the way you're going to provide for all that is with comedy. So, fucking wake up early, get going. Like you have to keep this wave building. Yeah, go. That's my my thing is always like, um, you know, my retirement fund is the fact that I don't have one. Yeah. That's my retirement fund because I know I've got to make shit happen mm-hmm. and not, and if I was single living in a flop house with a bunch of comics, I might not have to do the side job and the this and the that and the really hustle and push myself to that level. So, you know, when, when you, and I hate, I hate when they say, oh, art, uh, but with, with our art, with stand up, it really comes from this place that there, there has to be like this desperate, 
desperate motivator where you yeah. don't want to portray that on stage, but that's like, you, you know, everyone's had a moment where they had a fucking quiet cry in their car or just a moment where they're like, fuck man, am I the last one on this earth that believes in me right now? Yeah. Plenty of times. I don't think my girlfriend believes in me and it, it's probably, it's probably my own thought, but she, she wants, uh, she wants, um, a lot of, uh, I think she understands if that I need to cross this finish line and, and reach the level of success that, that um, I appreciate or else I'm not, I'm going to be like resentful. Like I'm not going to like, you couldn't pay me a million dollars a year to go, to go sell, do door to door sales. You just couldn't. Yeah. It's not money's just not the motivating force in my life to yeah. that extent. I, I definitely want the house. Yeah. I want, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to perform on the road and, and be able to make a weekend out of it with my girl, like my lady. And I want all those things that I want the experiences and the freedom to make those happen on my own terms. If it wasn't for Ashton, I would be more than happy to live in a car and tell jokes. Um, but I think because of Ashton, I, I work much harder than I, I would have. I, I think there's a lot of comics where it's very easy to have six roommates and, and sleep on a couch and you do jokes every night yeah. and you go to every mo- open mic. But, but it, and, and you might get more sets than me. You might be around comedy more than me. But, but it's not going anywhere, you know, and, and not, not that I am. <laughs> but no, you're doing great. And it sounds like you got a, you got a, it the uh, a counter product your team you and your 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 fiance it's like you're we're we're kind of you need a little bit of a uh, abrasiveness and i mean this in a positive way like i've got i've got some friction with my girlfriend and it's creating a real desi- a real drive in me to make this shit happen and not wait oh they say it takes 12 years uh, you also uh. need a life to draw from yeah you know, they, sleeping on couches and living in cars that's not material that any audience outside of Los Angeles is going to be able to connect with. Right. You know, you don't see these road dogs talking it's about just a fun story this car you, that yeah. I live in or yeah. <laughs> the coffee bean on sunset. And, and I have romanticized the thought of living in my car. I have. I've been like, oh, fuck, I could totally I lived shower in a car for a year and a half. Really? I, yeah. And I, I, I would have friends. Uh, I had a gym membership for showers. Or, or in Orange County, where, where I was for a good chunk of it, there's all these gated communities that have their own clubhouses. So I would like just like get into the neighborhood or flip, follow cars in and like wow. hop the fence. It's just so and, gross. And were you, after a year and a half, were you completely burned out or could you have kept going? I could have <laughs> kept going, honestly. I mean, that was even before comedy. So That's what women need to realize, that men, we really, uh, it's not... It's like it's the white picket fence. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the idea of like watching a movie in the morning and having my coffee in my own place and this and that. It's not far from what I have now, other than I'm in you know renting a studio. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah, I could I could love that idea, but I could also love the idea of of you know you see the comics who are like you know I'm gonna I'm just gonna get rid of my car and I'm just gonna do road sh- or I'm just gonna get rid of my apartment and do road shows for the next year and just I, I love I love when I hear those stories and I'm like fuck that's and there's amazing comics like comics that I look up to that still do that, you know? And it's honestly, if you're touring that much, it doesn't make sense get the RV. to have a place, <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. have a storage unit, and yeah. have a good friend with a guest room. You but know? so you've got so, and we'll get out of here in a few minutes. We're approaching an hour, but you so you've got you had this the, obviously the this kind of the mudslide sl- slowing you down, and you're really putting things into perspective. You're you're in, you got a fresh engagement, and then you decide to build a comedy club. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. that thread that I read online was the coolest thing ever. I love those do-it-yourself sort of threads online where it's like, here's the empty room. Now here's the stage. Yeah. Like, Watch me how I got to the finish line. What the fuck happened? Like, how did you... How did that happen? Um, my my f- future father-in-law, um, he has a business called Glowzone. Uh, there's one in Woodland Hills. It, it, he essentially... Her father is like makes money in the coolest ways. Like essentially if you walked up to like seven year old me or you and was like, here's $4 million, go build a business. That's kind of like what he's done. He, he created a glow in the dark amusement park um, with with like ropes courses and, and laser tag and, and all this stuff. And um, he started franchising him and he found a location in Orange County that was too big. um, And it already had a kitchen and a bar. And it was like, I found this spot. We're going to make, the amusement park over here, but there's this whole corner I don't know what to do with. It already has a kitchen, and they have a banquet room that apparently guys did comedy shows in once a week. That's amazing. And we're going to bulldoze it all, but if you want to tell me how to build it. And uh, and I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, well, why? <laughs> and uh, I explained, I don't want to be a guy who owns a comedy club. I want to be the comic tour in the comedy club. And It's a weird thing that we have where, where because traditionally the comics that got into the business of owning clubs, yeah. no one took seriously. They'd get up and do some spots, but like, come on, no one, everyone would be friends with them because they want stage time, but no one would take them seriously. I still feel that. I mean, even just running the Lyric in LA when that was up and running, people like to put you in boxes and it's like, are you a person who buys talent or are you the talent? You know, how, right. how, how if, if an agent is approaching you, how are they approaching you? And right. most of the time it's to get their clients stage time. So it's been... A really, uh, it's something I'm pretty sensitive about, even with uh, featuring, you know, and running 25 to 30 minutes. You're so every far night away. Before. Yeah, you're so far away from what that comedy club owner, you know what I mean? You're so far away from that. You're all over the road. You know what I mean? You're in a, such yes, a good place. But even still, it's, you know, really? nobody at UTA is looking at me as a comedian. They're looking at me as this guy who has a club. Nobody's really. Looking, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Because I'm not. I'm not the force selling tickets. You can be the funniest guy in the world, but nobody's buying tickets to see me yet. They're buying. I'm very, very lucky that that one of my closest friends is one of the biggest comics in the country, and I get to open for her. Absolutely. Um, but, but I, it, I mean, you yeah. Know. But you've got so because in any other in any other career, um, the whole like idea of uh, I love the mantra "leap in the net will appear." It's the law of attraction. If there's something that you want. You build it if if it's not if it doesn't exist. It's the field of dreams. Mm-hmm. So you've created a comedy club that a you can work out at. It, but what's probably more important is you yeah. provide other comics the chance to work out, which is amazing. I yeah. mean that's amazing. Like whenever I don't even produce a show, but in the sh- in the few shows that I have produced, I just get this awesome feeling when I can pay or pay or if it's a paid show or unpaid show, give people ten bucks and be like, hey, good set, man. And that's like a really powerful thing as a comic to be able to do for your peers. So I don't know. I would I, I can under- I can totally understand that feeling of like. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, not even wanting people to know you do that, but that's a really noble thing that, that you have that. Yeah. I mean, and I've, I've put someone else in charge of booking, you know, (laughs) there's a guy named Terry who does all the booking and, and, and I have this guy named Kenny. He's this local comic who is spectacular. And he's like, uh, reminds me of me just when I was starting out the lyric and he, he just cares 
Kenny's probably the only reason I can still tour and have the club. Just because he cares as much as I do. Yeah. Um, How many nights a week are you doing shows there? I mean, we have... uh, So this is in Orange County, right? Yeah, it's Huntington Beach. Because we have some people in Huntington Beach. uh, Go check this club out. It's it's called the Rec Room. The Rec Room, yeah. And um, we we were in full... Well, last week we had like four shows. The week before that we had six shows. Amazing. And we're getting good comics. Yeah. You know? Oh, I've seen the lineups. I mean, Eliza did it. Eliza's and she probably done it a couple times. packed it to the gills, I'm yeah. sure. We've had Rory, How many seats Rory can Scoble, you put in there? 180. Okay, great. Jay Moore's done it twice. David Koechner, uh, Roy Scoville, Natasha Aside from Lachero, the uh, Irvine Koechner. Improv, there really isn't a club. Is that, even, is that even close by? I don't really... I still don't know uh, SoCal that I mean, well. Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa okay. Beach is amazing. Yeah. They... Like, I've never even been there, and I, I was embarrassed to open this place in Huntington Beach just because Comedy Magic, is, it's such an institution, and they take such great care of comics. That's there. There's a, there's a Laugh Factory in Long Beach. That's true. But I've never been there, and from what I hear, it's just too big. It's like an 800-seat okay. really? place next to Yeesh. a convention center. Yeah. Um, no, that sounds really like 180 I'll... seats is a good... I mean, comedy, yeah, you want you want a place where you can pack some people in and, and, and really capture that energy. Yeah, I mean, comedy is best in tight, low-ceiling, dimly-lit, tightly-packed rooms, you know? And, Which and, is funny because that's not what you did for... This, for, for um, in, is it Oakland? Is that where you, you've... You, oh, yeah, so, on this, the, for the Netflix special? That's insane. You were on <laughs> an aircraft carrier? Yeah, we were on an aircraft carrier. Uh it's the coolest thing ever, and I have all these pictures, and I can't post them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It, we that were, must be amazing. We were on the USS Hornet. So, uh, yeah, it was weird. I got to tell jokes in front of fighter jets and bombers. And that sounds like a fake name, the USS Hornet. Yeah, that sounds like something you would just, like, randomly call uh, the USS Hornet. Yeah. And then was the audience just, could anybody go, or was it the military audience? No, it was a, a ticketed event. All the, uh, 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 like, a, a huge chunk of the proceeds went to Team Rubicon. Um, so uh, all the money pretty much went back to the troops. Um, but it, it was, it was a smaller crowd compared to what we've been doing, but I, I think it was five. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think the, each taping held 550. Wow. Um, where, where the night, you know, two nights, well, we did flappers to run it right just before the taping. And then literally the day before that we were in Florida. So, um, yeah, it, they were great. Both crowds were spectacular. The set was so cool. Eliza crushed. Um, and that's going to be on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. I'm so excited. That must be, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool that you get to work with someone who seems to treat you as like a friend. <laughs> yeah. We, I that's mean, we, not we are. A, no, oh, we are absolutely friends. That's not how every... I'm not trying to... My experience, I was, opening, I was a second-year comic opening for a 30-year vet. Mm-hmm. I was not talking to him as a friend. It wasn't... I wasn't going like, hey, let's go do press together. I was like, Ugh, just not feeling welcomed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So that's really great. It's I, long before I was funny. I think it was Hunter's my friend. He's not a creepy guy. I like traveling with him. And then I think, thankfully, I got funny, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, she's she's great. People. Did she know. hang out with your girlfriend or your fiance? Sorry. Yeah, we just went to a birthday dinner for her. Oh, nice. Um for for Eliza on, God, what was it? Saturday. I try to watch her Instagram stories, but she has a lot of posts. I gotta watch she every. She posts couple. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like click through it, and then if it looks good, I listen. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's a commitment. But I, she you goes know, to my gym. She goes to the gym and she brings her dog. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> was it crunch or yeah? yeah. It goes to crunch. Yeah. Uh, we we hang out as much as we can. Like we we did a couple's trip on Fourth of July. We all went an Airbnb to a place in Napa. We try. I mean, like 
we're both working so hard, all of us. I yeah. mean, Ashton's working hard. Eliza's working hard. Uh, Ashton, Eliza's fiance is doing all sorts of stuff. So it, it, it's crazy. Ashton's not, you mentioned the nine to five skills. Though. She does spin and teach and she doesn't work in like a nine to five, does she? No. And she doesn't even teach spin. She just built uh, the studio. Oh, okay, cool. So she just owns two businesses. That's so, amazing. uh, yeah, man, it just starting out and, and even still like, it is so great dating someone that also has something that they're crazy passionate about, you know, where yes. it's like, I don't need, I'm not looking for a bar, a partner to come into my life and check all these boxes that I'm missing. Like I can fill all my own boxes, but I want to find someone who also has all their boxes filled and that they're motivated and, and uh, it's so dumb, but I feel like we're just no, that's like this so... megazord that comes together. Um, that's it. That's, but that's it. That's a Venn diagram. Yeah. Like you're good on your end. She's good on hers. Your d- dessert is the relationship. And that's yeah. so important. We have people listening, div- d- divorced, or, not that that's wrong, but like uh, people that are single and people that are in shitty relationships and they don't know why because they love the person, but it's, there's resentment, resentment and all. And it, and it comes down to just, you got to both take care of yourselves, not be like some vine that overcomes another tree. Both kind of just grow next to each other. Yeah. That's, I think the only way you can make this shit work. I, and I'm not there yet, and who knows, it, but, like, really try to grow together without one, you know, overshadowing the other. It's never going to stop. Life's going to continue to happen, uh, and you, you got you to gotta grow and evolve, and the person I'm in love with right now might be a different person in, in 10 years, but you know, hopefully you grow and you evolve and you continue to love who each person's growing into. Yeah, and I think, I think if, you're, if you're present in the moment... And, and listening to the other person in the moment, you don't have this uh, wake up five years down the road where you're like, I'm fucking unhappy, I'm miserable. What the hell happened? Because in the moment, you're adjusting to their needs and your needs, and you're kind of like figuring out. And as long as your goals are still aligned and the passions are still there, you're going to be, you know, shooting upwards. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're just sweeping stuff under the rug and like, it'll get better. It's not going. And I'm, to. I've been guilty to. I mean, but it doesn't last long. Day or two. Yeah, I just yeah. can't. Just, babe. Like I just can't. Yeah. And I'm not the one who gets. Mad. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm the codependent one, or I'll be the one who's like. I'd rather fix whatever is she, you know, is wrong with her, which isn't healthy at all. But like, <laughs> uh, but that's still like that. I'm gonna have that. That's gonna be there forever. You want to take care of her. Yeah. 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 You're, you're nurture. But I also, but also at the same time, she'll say something, and I'll just, but like, I'll, the dick inside, the dickhead inside me will, will just kind of be like, "What are you? Why are you upset? Like, I just took you out." Like, like and I, and then I'll immediately regret saying that because it's like now I'm leveraging the fact that you know what I did yesterday for today, and that's not it. It, it doesn't. There's no rollover points uh, past it. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. You shouldn't keep score. Like every day should right. be a new day. But there's definitely like. Like in February, I, I think I was maybe we were touring so much. I think I maybe slept at home six nights this month. But while I was gone, it was like, here's a flower delivery. Oh, I, yeah. here's some Sono speakers for the house. Here's more flowers. <laughs> you're just like bath bombs, bath bombs, bath bombs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like there's there's little things. That's amazing. You, that and I and try how to do worth to it is it? I mean, it's so my my buddy was in a fight with his girlfriend. He's like, dude, I don't get it. Blah blah blah. And I was like, yeah, just find out what like what you were at least at fault a tiny bit yeah. and, and apologize and bring home flowers. And then the next day he's like, dude, she came home, flowers waiting for, her. we had sex on the couch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're welcome. Because that's like something we're like, we, we're just way over like, no, you got to fix things. Like just maybe a little empathy and just understand that, that they're trying their best. We're trying our best. And even if you didn't do anything wrong, it really doesn't fucking matter because in her head, something's wrong and you got to figure out 
And if you didn't do something wrong and you really, in your head, if I'm like, I fucking know I meant well, yeah, it's just like on stage. Well, if the audience, and her being the audience, mm-hmm. didn't receive it that way, it doesn't matter what your intention was. You have to tweak whatever happened in the, in the, you know, the universe that got from you to her. Yeah. And then just in, in, and be humbled by that and understand that even though, even though, because I'll be like, sometimes like, I wish I had a fucking recording mm-hmm. or, a, or a little video going of what this went down and everyone would be on my side. Yeah. But in the end, it's like, well, what does that get you? being right is not the answer <laughs> there's there's sometimes where i'm brave enough to to rewind a conversation and and just verbally read it back to her and, yeah and sometimes she'll be like okay you're right i was crazy and a lot of times what happens with me is i'll i'll be like yeah babe that wasn't my intention but i understand that you're taking it this way right and look i totally understand yeah i believe you i hear you and i'm sorry and then like you know whatever i'll go walk the dog or something or if she has to leave for work and then i'll get a text babe thanks man yeah i was I stressed and i yeah. needed and it's like oh okay because that could have been a big fight yeah that could have been like fuck you and then right. i'm thinking about sleeping in the car next right. park next to you and we're just yeah who's winning now <laughs> you know what i mean Dude, we got to get out of here. But thanks so much for being on the show. Thank uh, you so tell much people for how they me. can find you, your social media. Sure. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Hunter underscore Hill. On Instagram, I'm Hunter says what. Uh, Facebook, Hunter Hill Comedy. And then the Rec Room. The Rec Room HB across all social media. And then my website is just HunterHillComedy.com. Great. Well, dude, it was, it was so good to see you perform and kill the other night thanks, thanks for man. coming on the show oh, dude, and come back anytime and if you're if your fiance ever wants to come on we'll do a double date episode yeah. would you oh, do that that would be fun okay cool and then and then um and then i'll make tasha do spin <laughs> yeah we should all do it all right thanks I so can... much for being on the show uh, thanks, yeah man. we'll see you next time everyone bye guys cheers <laughs>